Can we stop making this IPA? That IPA. Just something IPA. The stupidest Bud Light saga ever. And the EU deflates Miller High Life. This is It's All Beer. Go ahead and open it. <laughs> Welcome to It's All Beer, the empty beer glass of truth chucked into the barroom mirror of the craft beer craziness which gets you tossed out to the street of hyper-pedantic nerdiness. I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmerman. And that just reminded me of the time in college where I watched someone walk by, bump someone's shoulder uh, at one of the bars by campus. Like, not even, like, trying, but kind of shoulder checks them as they're walking by. That other person turns around grabs someone else's beer off the table and throws it at him and both the people proceeded to get kicked out and the whole time the person whose beer just got chucked across the bar is sitting there like what the fuck i just lost a beer <laughs> That's a, uh, hi tyler welcome back to the beer cave it's been a minute i uh, know it has been between work schedules and uh, crotch well, goblins and... I was gonna say you know uh, it, it's it's probably it, there's it we are probably honor bound to continue this uh, podcast uh, uh, to our clinical deaths if we make it past the our respective toddler years yeah. <laughs> because like well now we can't quit because we continued doing the podcast while we had uh, literal agents of chaos running around our uh, uh, running around our house so yeah I swear they were hired by the Mormons to uh, just destroy all drinking fun <laughs> Besides that, uh, how you been? Great. I uh, was up in Alaska last week. That's why we were off. Uh, drank a lot of beer. Uh, gotta see some killer beers. It was nice uh, actually seeing some beers that don't really get here in the market. Uh, got a bar up there. Had a killer seller that got to see and witness in person a Sink the Bismarck and Atomic Nuclear Penguin, two of the highest alcohol by volume beers that BrewDog made before they made the end of the world. That was in the Squirrel. Mm-hmm. Uh, these were the previous two like highest ones they had before the other brewery beat them each time. Uh, which we tried to get the bar manager to pop one of those open. We were like, we'll buy it. Um, he said there's not a price that he could charge that wouldn't basically get him fired. So. Uh, I mean, it's a no go. As I as I told you, there is it. It it goes well. How much do you make here? Okay, we'll pay your salary for two months plus a thousand dollar bonus. No, <laughs> there is a price. That just you're just unwilling to pay it. Yeah. <laughs> it, uh, it might mean supporting somebody's a uh, 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 job search. Uh, might even be like okay, we'll 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 uh, uh, we'll put you on a schooner down to uh, uh, down to Washington. We'll pick you up, you know, and and, and drive you to like Oregon where you can find your new life, and also ten thousand dollars to start it up again. You know. Yeah. No. I'm, a price. What I'm point is, is a price exists. You just didn't want to pay it. Ah, uh, but uh, also got to drink some killer beers. Went to Anchorage, uh, which to be expected. Their beers were mm-hmm. phenomenal. Uh, their brewery actually has some converted fooders in like little like sitting areas, which was fucking awesome. Uh, but my favorite beers of the whole trip had to be a small little brewery up there called Turnigan. Uh, dude's a graduate of the UCS 
UCSB or UCSD, like brewing, like the a real famous fucking accredited brewing program. Okay. Uh, so is his assistant brewer. He just retired as a heart surgeon. Um, and he has a full Solaire tank that he built to basically keep his wild culture going that he uses for his house-made culture. Just started making his own homemade malt vinegar there on his wild side of his brewery. Jesus Christ. He built a whole wild side, tried his Brett Saison that was, before it was carbonated, that was phenomenal. Uh, I think it's... Brett Brooks that he's likes using the most, he was telling us. But on his Solaire tank, he uses alderwood from his backyard, and he had an arm built that he packs full of alderwood from his backyard. That's how he started his Solaire was with that. And then the other side was French oak. Basically had this 40-barrel fermenter built custom for him. Keeps the liquid moving through these arms at all times. Pulls about 10 barrels off throughout the year and then puts 10 barrels of fresh beer in each year to bring it back up to full and then depletes it down. So he always has a consistent base he can be working with. It's, he's like, this is the best way I've found to like repeat my process. And Good Christ. Like talking to this <laughs> dude, I was like, I know nothing. Like I, I am being left in the depths of this conversation. <laughs> And his beers were phenomenal. We got a bottle of his goose. He did a traditional goose mm. that he submitted to World Beer Cup. So I'm stoked to see if it wins. Um, but I'm stoked to also try this bottle. We haven't popped the bottle yet, but <laughs> cool. I mean, that and so yeah, you brought us a you brought us a bottle of uh, Utopia Barrel Age Worldwide Stout. So that's going to be fun to get into in a second. In the in the meantime, we are uh, like we're pre gaming it with a uh, the Freem Family Brewing Midwest IPA, and I can tell you uh, from my experience uh, in the Midwest uh, between the years about 2009 to about 2014, this is not what they what they taste like. This tastes good. Uh, well. My, so I saw this, and my first thing was, what the fuck constitutes as a Miss Midwest IPA? Second of all, my first thought, if it's a Midwest IPA, that means it was brewed in the Midwest. Why the fuck is an Oregon brewing, brewing a Midwest IPA? I mean, maybe it's supposed to be like a... Nope, it doesn't even fucking... Inspired for the by the Great Plains mid hop rich brews, our Midwest IPA is highly resinous with notes of kiwi, guava, peach, mellowed with a touch of candied malt for a silky, tasty finish. Refreshing, sun kissed Midwestern. Tell taste. me one Midwest IPA that fucking tastes like that. Bells. It's more piney, but I was I, I was gonna say zombie where, dust. Zombie dust maybe would be the closest, but I'm not picking up any kiwi or anything like that. I mean, I'm just, I'm just, I, I'm just shouting out the uh, famous uh, Midwest IPAs. Although zombie dust is a pale ale, but I, I've, I, uh, it's listed as a pale ale, but it's like a prototype, like you know, session IPA, if that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's. Uh, I'm not saying there's not good IPAs in the Midwest. Your, your, your average brewery, however, when I was when I, hops were just starting to. Or IPAs were just starting to make them their presence known in the Midwest, and a lot of people, a lot of them were doing it. Uh, I remember correct if I if I remember correctly at the time, uh, Nebraska Brewing Company, uh, uh, now famous all over the country for their 
like their barrel age program and sours and like funky stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they were just in a little shop in uh, Bellevue, Nebraska at the time, and the only IPA they had on was a Belgian IPA, that, like a variation of their like Belgian wit, and it was all right. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, when it was like piney, I was like, okay, I can see that. And then after that, I was like, I have never had a IPA from the Midwest that tastes like that. I mean, specifically... That's not trying to be a fucking New Zealand style, a hazy, like... Can we just stop, like, Odell? No, you're not... You didn't make a mountain IPA. Uh, There is no such thing as a fucking mountain IPA. It's a West Coast IPA that's brewed in the mountain time zone. Get the fuck over it. I feel like we're about ready to get on. We're early, we're early in a podcast and an early ABV to, for you to get up on your soapbox, but I believe you have a, a story that leads into it. No! A... <laughs> so I, I've always seen that, and I'm like, okay, whatever. I mean, yes, there are going to be subcategories of IPA. You have your West Coast IPA. If you really wanted to fine line it, you have your Northwest. There's a slight differentiation, but it's a West Coast IPA. Then you have... Your Northeast IPA with the fucking ha- hazies. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to go like a New Zealand or Australian IPA where you're using those hops. Okay, I'll give you that. Out, outside of those and Imperials and Triples and Quads, let's fucking... And, <laughs> and Cascadian Dark Ale or Black IPA, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Romulan Blue IPA. Yeah. <laughs> fuck i'm just waiting uh cold ipa can't forget that one uh, session ipa locale ipa locale ipa which we just talked about we had an episode locale ipa and, session ipa extra pale ale it's and, all the fucking same let's, and let's not forget red ipa brown ipa um you mentioned black ipa or cascadian dark ale depending mm-hmm. on how uh, how big a dick you want to when be about we it. went through Ra- the rye ipa belgian ipa mm-hmm when we went through white the IPA <laughs> trend of grapefruit IPA, just basically whatever fruit we're throwing in the IPAs, those still still around. Yeah, can we just fucking make it simple? Now, no. <laughs> this gets me into my first article. All right, there we go. <laughs> this is from the Washington Beer Blog. Chucking up brewing is coming out with a Bavarian IPA, and I went fuck me. And almost just said, fuck it, I'm done drinking beer, I'm moving to liquor. Uh, <laughs> I mean, at that point in time, I'm sure someone in Germany would be like, that is not beer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, you may be asking, what the fuck is a Bavarian IPA? I mean, my guess is a IPA with German yeast, or like a German lager hopped like an IPA, or maybe a, or maybe like a... Uh, actually, a Kolsch hopped with American hops would be very nice. And and, and they're very nice. I've had a couple. So I'm going to say Kolsch with American hops and hop like an IPA. You're wrong. Okay. Um, Was I right on any of those? You were close. Okay. So, Chuckin' Up Brewing, if you're not familiar, is a very highly awarded brewery. They make some great beers and do a lot of great, like, lagers. And their bread and butter is... Traditional, like uh, German style. Traditional European, but especially yeah. spe- spe- specifically German, yes. Yeah. Make some great beers. So I was really disappointed in seeing this. Um, <laughs> so, 
They are creating an IPA using grains from German suppliers like Weyermann. Okay, not surprising. Newfangled German hops like Kalista and Ariana, which I have no clue on either of those hops. The last two German hops I've messed around with were, were Mandarina Bavaria and Huel Melon. Yeah. Um, and basically brewed an IPA with those. So uh, it's newer hop varieties. Um, and it's basically just an IPA with closer to these new world noble style hops. But using Bavarian ingredients or using German ingredients. Yep. Um, and outside of that, like really what would happen if the IPA had been invented in Germany? Yeah. Blonde in color and a sessionable 5.1% ABV. Um, and I'm trying to find the fucking tasting notes, uh, slight bitterness, uh, and, uh, slight citrusy flavor and aroma, much more subtle than your American IPA due to the lower alphas on the German hops. Can we just all agree right now? No. <laughs> Let's just call an IPA an IPA. We don't need to create all these subcategories to be like, well, we source these ingredients from the grain from Scotland, the hops from, you know, the Yakima Valley. So it's going to be the Scott Yak IPA category. That's how fucking stupid this sounds. It's, I mean, it's, I feel like it's marketing more than anything else. I, you're not going to see, well, he says before Bavarian IPA starts popping up all, uh, on shelves all over the, uh, 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 all over the place, like, you know, cold IPA did. Yeah. Um, the, which Firestone Walker just came out with, uh, I think a full-time cold IPA now. Really? Firestone Walker, you're about a year behind. So, um, it's. I mean, it's. Uh, I appreciate the. Uh, I appreciate the, the 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 idea behind it. I, I doubt we're going to see. You know, and I always. I, there's always a difference between how you market something, and and you know what it what it would be uh, um what it would be pedantically categorized as. You can call it a Bavarian IPA. It's an IPA, um, and I think it's. But Jeremy, we've discussed this. Categories only really matter in competition. So it matters more what you call something. So can we just stop creating all these stupid fucking subcategories for names? If you're going to police how uh, how uh, craft beer markets itself, good fucking luck. Fuck. Try. We can't even market you, the fucking trademark you, infringement. You, you, might, you might as well go ahead and try to herd cats with meth. <laughs> It's just not gonna happen. Also, cats on meth is uh, is the name of my new punk band. Uh, you could herd cats on meth. You just give them enough meth, they overdose, and then you just move all the dead corpse. <laughs> You're a bad person. Hey, successful. <laughs> uh, Jeremy, why don't you start us off on hopefully a brighter note? Uh, oh boy, we are then you are going to be disappointed because you're that that was the brighter note because uh, uh, here we go. Don't worry, we're gonna go right in the mortar. I'll bring you right back to the Shire. Um, <laughs> uh, Bud Light 
And that should be enough for anybody following the beverage industry news or indeed any news right now to scramble to switch to literally any other podcast. Uh, literally anything. An in-depth description of seal, artificial insemination. Fuck yes. Anything but this. Dude, I, <laughs> I could swear Bud Light should hire James Watt right now and just be like, he likes to have sex on roofs. <laughs> Put his face on a can. Here, here's to all the roof, <laughs> roof fuckers. <Rooftop> fuckers. <laughs> You know what? I would appreciate that. Uh, I feel like I, I feel like I do feel. We like... had went so long without having to talk Bud Light on this podcast. Outside of like their fun little marketing ploys or whatever, like they had not fucked up in a sea of like beer fuck ups for so long. I was starting to wonder if they had anyone in the corporate office anymore. I mean, they were busy, quite busy lo- losing lawsuits. Um... Yeah, but that was. But that wasn't. But that wasn't like that wasn't a, a. Well, I mean, it wasn't a gross display of incompetency. That was just mostly like a. a we stepped a little too far with marketing. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, but we yeah, poked they, fun and they got upset. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, but that being said, I do I, I do think um, the roof fetishist community is uh, drastically uh, underserved. And so, uh, you know, perhaps... There we go. We have your new roof influencer, Bud Light. Um, we have to talk about this, though, for uh, for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, one of the reasons is exactly why I didn't want to talk about it when it first broke. It's stupid culture war horseshit. Um, this show is about uh, beer business, specifically craft beer business, ideally, but the beer industry in general. Um but when stupid culture war bullshit, bullshit bleeds into it, and because politics, uh, when politics becomes all things necessarily, all things become political. Uh, let's we just go ha- we just have to go ahead and wade in this particular super uh, sewer. So uh, I, I I guess what I'm saying is I, I hope you brought some heavy duty waders because uh, holy shit is this affecting the beer business? Like I said, <laughs> Utopia's barrel aged worldwide stout. Uh, there's a reward for us, the rest of you. Um, have a good beer standing by. You deserve it by the end of this. Um, the second reason. Pause us. Okay. You got the beer. Okay. Okay, we're good. Um, the second reason we have to talk, uh, we have to talk about this, is because we've hit upon the idea uh, several times, uh, especially more specifically within the craft beer industry, but in the business at large, that stating your values um, and holding to it can be beneficial to your bottom line. Um, now this can go awry if done poorly, and you're lucky enough that AB InBev was was nice enough to basically provide a three wing circus on how this can be done exceptionally poorly. Know your core consumer. Um, I'm going to do my best at this point in time to talk about what actually happened, um, which is a little bit hard because there is a ton of bullshit uh, uh, around what the story actually was, what's true, what's not true. Um, so, uh, in fact, uh, two, two weeks ago when I was basically pleading for people to not take this out on your local reps or sales people or, or servers or what have you, um, and making a couple snarky references in the, in, in the, uh, in the, in the meantime, I got some details wrong. So I'm going to do correct those. And mostly that was cause I honestly didn't give a fuck then. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 I still don't really give a fuck, but since we actually have to do this story, uh, I thought it important to actually... Am I going to hear Jeremy defend AB and Bev right now? No, no you're not going to oh. hear that. <laughs> um, 
Um, anyway, so this story comes from VinePair, the Wall Street Journal, the Washington Post, Newsweek, Time, and literally any other uh, source I could find this story because there's so much bullshit. Let's go ahead and aggregate it and see which, uh, uh, which details seem to... Uh, Correlate across all of them? Pretty much. So let's start with Dylan Mulvaney, who, strangely enough, uh, almost becomes irrelevant to the story very quickly. Um, she's a former Broadway actress, uh, found herself uh, out of work when the pandemic hit, um, uh, stuck with her conservative Christian family in San Diego and came out as trans, which is either a weird time or the most obvious time to do that. Wow, that had to be an awkward conversation locked down. <laughs> You're bored. Why not? It'll, it, 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 it creates some excitement. Uh, in March of 2022, she began to document her transition in a series called The Days of Girlhood. Uh, this series is what actually... So was she transitioning from male, male to, to female? Yeah. So, okay. so, she was a Broadway, so she was a Broadway actor. Uh, actually, well, st- Now apparently you're supposed to only I, call actors actors. <laughs> Male and female actors. Oh, for actors. fuck's sakes. Yeah. You know, right. Actresses are not politically correct anymore. When, 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 if, 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 if I upset somebody about how I cover this, you can send your email to... I don't give a shit. Um, <laughs> in, uh, I'm going to be respectful, but there's, there, there's a level there's of horse, a line. There's a level of horseshit that I am not going to deal with, okay? Okay. All right. Um, uh, like, we're fairly inclusive, like... But there is a little horseshit I'm not going to deal with. Uh, uh, Broadway actor was in the Book of Mormon as uh, she uh, 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 she or he at the time was uh, played uh, Elder White, which I don't remember that is a fairly minor role. But where mm. where uh, her career really got launched was actually a ser- this series of TikTok videos. Um, uh, started off in March of 2022. Um it, uh, she posted something uh, uh, every day, uh, culminating into a full year, uh, which she celebrated by appearing on the Drew Barrymore show. She got a congratulations letter from Kamala Harris. And of course, did a promo for Bud Light. The old-fashioned Hollywood hat trick to know you finally arrived. Um, that brings us to... The only thing she was missing was the sex tape. <laughs> I think that's a little bit later. That's called hitting for the cycle. <laughs> what brings us to the uh, brings us to the other major character in this fiasco, Bud Light. You know it. You you know it. You've drank uh, it. Uh, one-time evil empire and primary antagonist of the craft beer revolution, it seems to be more content right recently to lose lawsuits and whack itself directly in the plums. Um, still, the best-selling single brand of beer in America, controlling thirteen point three four percent of the beer market at twenty-seven point two million barrels at its height. Closing in on its, or getting closed in on by its little brother, we're, we're, Michelob Ultra. <laughs> uh, but facing multiple years of declining sales and in need of something to stir things up. And that brings us to Alyssa Herenscheid. Um, she was the vice president of marketing for Bud Light, first female to be in charge of marketing uh, and branding. And she came in hope uh, with the hope that she would be able to reinvigorate a brand that she now famously describes on a, on, on a podcast as being, quote, fratty. Um, um, also, just a little hierarchy in the AB network. Like, if you are the head of marketing, like, head of marketing moves to higher spot, spots, typically within the Anheuser-Busch family, than the head of brewing or head of operations, head of distributors. That would, yeah, that tracks with how... Uh, so... Like, getting that position is a big thing of having the option to be 
a VP of something or eventually CEO. If you haven't touched head of marketing, you're not touching any of you, those others. Uh, she uh, she claims to have been expressly hired for that purpose, according to a quote from the Make Yourself at Home podcast. Quote, I had this super clear mandate. It's like we need to evolve and elevate this incredibly iconic brand. It means having a campaign that's truly inclusive and feels lighter, brighter, and different. And that appeals and that appeals to women and to men. And where it all went to shit was during a March Madness promo uh, and Mulvaney's 365 Days of Girlhood, Bud Light sent her a special six-pack with her face on it. And then, well, you probably know what happened. A shit volcano that would make the eruption of Yellowstone look like a fart in the wind. The question I have. So they sent this exclusively to her. For her to produce content with. So, hypothetically, you would have to follow her TikTok page to know what was happening. So are we just finding exposed closeted people that are upset with themselves i mean because that's how they found her or they already were following her and then saw she was drinking the same beer as them and are now upset with themselves this is this is i mean this is the internet so you know the hate farmers are everywhere um and they're but eventually somewhere one of those well first had to be First of all, let's just go ahead and get it out. Your, your, your most hardcore conservatives are all gay. Let's just that's that's just the case. And so, uh, either either out of uh, either out of uh, uh, out of because it's their job to outrage people or just their own personal interest, um, and because this is the internet. Yes, they they they, they found out. I mean, uh, I mean the I was unaware of of her existence. Uh, for any number of reasons, uh, because I'm 40, I don't use TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <laughs> no one in the state of Montana should know what she is. Um, so anyway, um, so but uh, and then uh, I think we covered you know the, some of the highlights uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, uh, Kid Rock. The, the one incident that everybody mentions is Kid Rock uh, shooting a, 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 a several cases of beer with a with an assault rifle, which is <laughs> just gets. Dumber every time I think about it. Um, your 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 normal collection of hate farmers who make money um, uh, uh, getting people upset. They all uh, they all uh, basically said their piece, uh, saying exactly what you think. Um, the 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 one new thing, and actually the the thing I do want to talk about most, um, is that uh, a couple of uh, it, it was. Uh, last week, um, about the time we would have done this podcast, uh, the CEO, uh, Brendan Whitworth of Anheuser-Busch, came out with the following statement that I will read in its entirety because it, it deserves that. <clears throat> As the CEO of a company founded in America's heartland more than 165 years ago, I'm responsible for ensuring every customer feels proud of the beer we brew. We're honored to be a part of the fabric of this country. Anheuser-Busch employs more than 18,000 people and our independent distributors employ an additional 47,000 valued colleagues. We have thousands of partners, millions of fans, and a proud history of supporting our communities, military, first responders, sports fans, and hardworking Americans everywhere. We never intended to be a part of the discussion that divides people. We are the business of bringing people together over a beer. My time serving this country taught me about the importance of accountability and values upon which America was founded. Note how he's now note how much accountability he's about to take. <clears throat> freedom and hard work and respect 
for one another. As CEO of Anheuser-Busch, I am focused on building and protecting our remarkable history and heritage. I care deeply about this country, this company, our brand, and our partners. I spend much of my time traveling across America listening to, listening to and learning from customers, distributors, and others. Moving forward, I will continue to work tirelessly to bring great beers to consumers across our nation. And um, that was it. Uh, the hate farmers uh, felt um, like their concerns uh, were addressed without completely alienating the, the very people Budweiser set out to try to market to. Perfect response. No notes. Yes, Tyler. Uh, immediately after that, <laughs> uh, Yingling Brewing, who had not tweeted in over a week, <laughs> tweets out, Yingling, the oldest brewery in America, independently owned and family operated since 1829. Because we make good beer, with a picture of their beer by the American flag. <laughs> Coincidence? I think not. Oh, that was that. It to. I mean, to. They uh, went quiet till they heard that. They were like, "There's going to be a cookie cutter response, and let's throw it right at them." I mean, well, listen. That response could be summarized in mumble, mumble, America, mumble, mumble, military, mumble, mumble, jobs, uh, mumble, mumble, Midwest. Uh, mumble, mumble, I say military um, troops. Mumble, mumble, uh, sports for some reason. Mumble, mumble. I, I mentioned military, right? Woo! <laughs> mumble, mumble, America. Mumble, mumble. Please, please forget about all of this. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, all joking aside, um, way to go, Brendan. Uh, listen. Of course, his name's Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if he wrote that... St By the way, Brendan Whitmore, that's the name of a character I, of like a, a character I write who's a, a snooty prep school like... My guy. dad's gonna sue you. <laughs> Why, your dad, dad's named Brendan Whitmore? No. <laughs> Where, he's the preppy douchebag with the pop collar who, when you hit him, goes, my dad's gonna sue you, bro. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. That that guy, That I, that's, the, that's what I named that character. And then I erased that because it's too on the nose. And you're like, if I actually write that, I'll get a cease and desist randomly in the mail from the Whitmore, Whitmore, Whitmore law firm. Um, anyway, um, if he wrote that statement himself, he is every, uh, Whitworth, I should, sorry, Whitworth. Whitworth. Um, he is every bit out, out of touch as the name Brendan Whitworth would assume that he is. Um, and... By the way, and if he didn't, someone in your staff hates you. And I'm guessing all your staff hate you. Um, silence would have been fucking better. Uh, the first statement that Budweiser actually did was a Twitter post uh, after a week of silence that just said, TGIF? Um, it would literally have been better. They couldn't have, though. Because, so, all this is blowing up. We're in Alaska. L relaunching that market up there with my work the distributor we're with is the bud house up there for the whole state yeah they are down massive volume mm -hmm. in bud numbers mm -hmm. uh and they're like we are reaching out we are not getting any word like they need to come out and say something like we're drowning here like we're bleeding out and they're sitting there doing nothing T yeah. tgif um, so 
I think they I were mean, starting to feel pressure from well, their distributor my, network. My 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 point is is that nothing would have been better than that statement. And I'll give and I'll True. go into. I mean, if you don't and if and if and by the way, when I say perfect statement, no notes. I'm being very facetious. Yeah. Because that was again a masterclass in how to fuck that up. They would have been better off just like every week on Friday, just putting TGIF. You still mad at us? Or being like, we fucked up. We got away from our core customers. Our bad. Uh, I don't even think that. I mean, that would have been better than the nothing statement they came out with. Um, the inherent, but the here's the inherent problem. First, the we didn't tend to be a part of the discussion that divides people, which is so incredibly, stupidly, amazingly naive. Listen, the amount of backlash that uh, that came and how long it's been sustained, that's a little bit surprising. And by the way, I don't think, uh, um, um, I, 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 I think uh, bolstered by uh, Bud Light's complete lack of, of, uh, of response or anything else uh, in, in response to it, but the backlash itself was not. Um, doing a promo with a trans person was always going to be always going to be seen as throwing support towards progressive politics, and if you didn't understand that, then why the figgity fuck would you even do it? Mm-hmm. Like it's like using a chainsaw on a tree and being surprised when the fucker falls down. If that's onto your car, yeah. If that's not what you intended, then exactly what were you trying to do? Uh, it's pretty clear that they were at some point in time trying to appeal to a younger demographic, which is. You know, which is, they, they show higher value in inclusivity. Um, people our age and younger grew up on highly corporate bullshit. Um, you know, the type of the type of thing where people just plaster a fake smile to your face and tell you that you're a valid customer person and, and thank you for buying our product things. Um, we, we frankly gravitate towards something that's real, real in quotation marks there, which is, which is to say people who are doing things for reasons beyond just having enough money to fill a swimming pool with. Um, people respond to brands that put their values right up front. Environmental, environmental protection, inclusion, community involvement. Uh, people our age and younger get a little tingle knowing their money is doing something besides making rich people richer. I mean, still making rich people richer, but... At least... But, a few of those dollars are going to something else. Just lie to us. Yeah. We're... Uh, <laughs> also, this was the only thing... That I think could have ever done it. That got pre-funk Nampa to put Bud Light on tap. And they did, but they did that before the statement. And I, I'm kind of curious on whether or not they regret that decision with the mumble, mumble, America, mumble, mumble, military. Mumble, I think mumble. they knew a statement was coming out that was going to be mumble, mumble. We love America. Mumble, mumble. We're red blood Americans. Mumble, mumble, mumble. USA, USA. But- mumble, mumble, mumble. Do you forgive us? But I mean that. I mean the whole thing is that, I mean if if that's where you're, they fucking failed the test, because if you're gonna put they got caught in the middle. Well, the answer is all right. If if the answer is is that we're is that uh, going forward, you know I mean it, we're taking this approach. We're we're taking this approach, right? It, you know, it, you would you would assume hope pray something or other that someone would have that there's somebody maybe with a powerpoint you know again probably her and shot um and i'm assuming that's how you pronounce her name i'm kind of i i'm a reader so i don't actually listen to people talk and so i just kind of um but 
who said, listen, this is the approach we've been taking. Sales are falling. Let's do something drastic. Let's do this to appeal. We're going to notice a big dip right off the well, bat. Well, I mean, you're uh, listen, and, and by the way, there's there's no way to do this without alienating our current customers. But uh, our, you know, but this this market is more valuable. They're younger. They're they have more money. We will have them for and, longer. And by the way, they they drink more. All right. If you're if if you're if you're a beer company, appealing to a younger crowd is not a bad thing. Um, but and 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 you know, coming up with the idea, saying, "Listen, and you know, uh, inclusion, you know, it, being a more inclusive brand is a good idea." So that's what we're, what we're going to take this. Um, the first test almost is the backlash, the loss. The loss is proof of, proof of authenticity, especially when you're changing your image as Bud Light was maybe trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, people were going to lose their shit. People still fucking complain about how fat tires just utter garbage now because they tweaked their hops a little. So I mean, people are not good with change. Mm-hmm. And so the, the, the whole idea that, that, they, that they were going to, they were going to do this ad campaign, you know, I mean, even, even the original ad campaign, which, you know, we were talking about the, uh, the, the, the Super Bowl commercial, which had a different feel to it, kind of that, you know, as, as they were, as they pointed out, kind of that lighter, you know, more, you know, there was a, it was basically a, 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 a husband and wife uh, on. Oh, Miles on, Teller. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it had this kind of, it's kind of had this, uh, um, this kind of like quirky, happy feel to it. Um, but again, backlash inevitable to this degree, surprising. Plus, I forget it was also manufactured. Let's be clear about that too. Um, on its and on its own, it it is it, a gamble. But it, it, I mean, on, but on its own, it wouldn't have had this impact. Um, like I said before, there's a group of people on here who make money pissing people off, uh, and this was they, they you had to know that this was going to be fodder for them to dangle in front of their fucking slob, you know slobbering dogs, going, "Hey, look, they're woke now." And, mm-hmm. and you know, get them all barking. And so you had, so again, you to not understand that, that was going to happen is to, again, be brilliantly out of touch. Um, and 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 it's my and it's, and it's my opinion that if you know old Whitworth would have been out in front of out in front and center the moment this story broke, saying basically something along the lines of, "Listen, we work with hundreds of influencers. Mulvaney is a valuable partner to us. We celebrate her personal journey and we support her right, uh, the, her her rights and those of our employees, colleagues, customers." And we also do influencers on the other spectrum. Um, you know, we 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 support all of them to be able to live without discrimination. Uh, we support Heron Shod, uh, where she's taking Bud Light. She's doing it exactly the direction we want to go. And if you don't like it, you can cram a can of Bud Light right up your bigoted butthole. But they won't do that because of shareholders. I mean, but here's here's what, okay, maybe not the last part, but here's what I'm thinking. All right, this, and this is where I start like this is where I start like thinking beyond ideology because um, think about it this think about it this way. What would have happened if they do, had done that? Okay, would there would it have stopped the bash, backlash? Absolutely not. Would it would it have made it worse? Would it be appreciably worse? I think it would have been worse quicker. But it would have been like throwing a cup of gasoline on the on the fire. It would have shot up real high, real quick. But then there would have been no more fuel, and it just died out. 
Well, and I think, well, now, here's my thought, is that a lot of the sustained, um, the sustained outrage is Bud Light obviously being caught off guard mm-hmm. and then quickly trying to reel it back. And that's empowering, uh, empowering, uh, you know, again, people who make money off this shit to say, see, we're winning, you know, keep at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, um, it would have been tempered by a lot of people, the exact people you're trying to market to, by the way, who would have picked up your product and started chugging it down out of, out of, out of a show of solidarity. Would you, and as it was the, oh, shucks routine, we didn't mean to do that. Again, it just emboldened the boycott. Mm-hmm. It disenchanted anyone who would have come out to support mm-hmm. you. Um, and spare a thought for this idea that I had. Um, if Bud Light had, had gotten ahead of this and made a statement, made a base, something that statement, maybe not cram it up your bigoted buttholes, but said, no, 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 this is what we're doing. And, you know, we support her. And this is, you know, this is Bud Light's new image. Make peace with this. Imagine the awkward position that puts Coors in or puts Molson Coors in, um, who's been the biggest beneficiary of this, by the way. Um, Coors already has a fraught history with the LGBTQ community anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, there's actually a great article in VinePair. I've kind of kept it on the back uh, mm-hmm. back burner sometime to talk about. But, um, but you know, uh, um, add that, the load of MAGAites imprinting their worldview on that brand, then Cor- Mil- Molson Coors would have been the one caught on the back foot having to choose which side to be on. They wouldn't have a choice because if Bud like Bud, you know, if, if Anheuser-Busch, a subsidiary of AB InBev said, no, 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 this is, this is where we're, we're putting our, our, our chips, mm-hmm. you know, Molson Coors would have been the one going, we support everybody. Mm-hmm. And they would have been one caught on the back foot. They'd be the ones going, you know, the, 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 maybe on the, on the, uh, on the, having their own backlash the, the hard part being as big of a publicly traded company as ab is the shareholders and the people that matter aren't going to be willing to go for that dip because well and that's that that's needed to basically take that stance the, and, when and therein lies, I mean, and by the way, the whole, I mean, the whole idea is that Anheuser-Busch is obviously, is obviously not up to their own designs. There are people in Belgium and Brazil who I'm sure think American, uh, this American outrage is just adorable. And <laughs> hey guys, <laughs> what, what are you guys doing? <laughs> uh, oh, and I mean, the American beer market's minuscule when you look at the world production. Uh, and so, I mean, and so I admit that, you know, when I'm looking at this, I am, I am not factoring in the fact that, you know, uh, we're talking, we're talking about AB InBev, the multinational company of which, you know, Anheuser-Busch, the American subsidiary thereof is a small portion. Um, and, and you're... Who and, owns both Bud and Coors globally. Well, and then, and, and then, and by the way, then there's, you know, and then there's that, which is also, you know, I also, uh, 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 yeah. So if you're outside of the United States and you're like, fuck it, I'm buying cores, it's going to the same pocket. <laughs> also, I want to see how many bars have pulled. Cause I've heard of a couple bars being like, 
Or like couple drinkers being like, I'm not drinking Bud Light anymore. Take a bush light. <laughs> and I'm like... <laughs> well, I mean, that just shows their own... I, it, it, it's the same fucking pocket, it, man. It does seem that... It, well, if you're going to pick something to stand on... Uh, and it, it does seem to be... Well, although, to be fair, Molson Coors seems to be the biggest beneficiary. And, of course, in that scenario, um, Bud and Coors then becomes what Jameson and Bushmills was to Ireland during the Troubles. Um, go ahead and look that up on your own time. But you know, but a short version, Jameson was Catholic, Bushmills was Protestant. Okay? Um, but I think Bud ends up with a more profitable demographic in that idea. Again, little pie in the sky, just me like, like, me, like moving pieces around my head. Um, but that also doesn't mean necessarily that, like, that has to be their, the entirety of their brand. I'm not suggesting that Bud Light actually replaced their logo with Mulvaney's face, like everybody was sure was going to have, I'm not buying an addition. Um, but it does mean showing up for those values, showing up consistently, which again, that's where I sit there and go, but I mean, can a company, you know, can a, even a company the size of Anheuser-Busch, even if they weren't a subsidiary of AB InBev. I mean, is that even something that that they could do? I mean, on one hand, could you convince the powers that be above you saying, no, 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 all right? You know, right, right now, this trajectory where we're on now, eventually Bud Light becomes a legacy brand that, that fades away. This plan, it's, it's bold. It's a gamble. If it wins, it's going to win. If it loses, Bud Light's dead 10 years earlier. Exactly. I mean, you know, the the answer is we're going we're going to go out and we're going to go out in, in a bit of style with a with some fireworks strapped right up our ass. What I've been trying to remember and I haven't been able to find has Anheuser Busch ever done a pride can? Oh yeah, Big Bud Light is a huge supporter of of. Okay, of, of, so of I'm pride. like, where is everyone's? That's what I thought, but I couldn't remember, and, couldn't find anything, and I was like, where was everyone's hate? Well, that gets when they in, came out with the pride f- can. Well, and that gets that gets into my criticism of you know of how they handle this as well is because I mean this area is not new to Bud Light. So if they would have yeah, like and he I, said, if they would have been like we support her choices, we don't think everyone has to make her choices. We've supported this community for a long time. Look at our past. Yeah. I mean, you'd still again, you'd still have the backlash. But if you came out, and, and again, you don't have to be you don't have to be absolutist about it, but just saying, this is these are our values. We believe this and this, mm-hmm. and we have for years. By the way, you know, look at look at the array of pride cans we've done. You know, we are a huge supporter of, of, of Pride Month, and if you and if that upsets you to the point that 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 you will not buy our product anymore. That's your decision. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we, we, we hate to lose you as a customer, but only a little bit. Um, but I mean, that's, but that's the thing. They, they, this is not completely new ground for them. So it, it, you, 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 you wonder about the, the, the stupidity, the ignorance and the naivete that was like, oh, this should be fine. Yeah. Um, but um, I don't know, I guess. The, the I mean the there the, the only other the other other thing that I think is you know kind of uh, um kind of want to I mean companies this size can they do it um 
I mean, a few, a few have. I mean, Patagonia comes to mind, a company that's a, a you know, a worldwide company that's, uh, uh, that, you know, is famously. Uh, They've for, been that since day one, though. I mean, that, therein lies the thing. And by the way, speaking of Patagonia, shit's going to come up, uh, uh, and Patagonia is one of them, isn't it, Budweiser? <laughs> um, but you're right. I mean, therein lies the difference. It's a lot of these brands that have, you know, that, that, that put values front and center, they've had these since day one. Can Bud, could, can you pivot a major brand like this? I couldn't think of a major brand that can, you can't. could pivot their, well. Cause you can't because one, the diehards of whatever value you're trying to pivot to, it seems disingenuous to. You then isolate your current core brand users and they're going to see you're going to lose your hardcore users because they're going to see you as a sellout to whatever value you mm-hmm. and then the majority are going to be like this is too much fucking drama i'm going to just use this and not have to worry about whether figuring out i want to do what with this i mean let's but let's let's just assume that you know that we can peer into the future the 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 death of or the increasing irrelevance of Budweiser is a foregone conclusion, right? You can you can look at the numbers and basically if you continue this path without changing anything, you eventually you know eventually fade into obscure, obscurity. You become mm-hmm. Schlitz, all right? Or a, Rainier. Yeah, you uh, you know a brand. You're still around, but but. So, I mean, let's just let's just say that's a foregone conclusion. It's not, but let's just say it is. Um, is it worth trying? And they can't. So, as it, it all depends on job security. I mean, the perfect analogy is like a general manager in a sports team. Your job is to build the best team for the future. Mm. Uh, so, it doesn't matter if you're going to be bad for the next couple of years. You're supposed to build it better for the next 10, but your contracts are not, not guaranteed for the next 10. So you do what you can in the short term to improve yourself. Even if it means sacrificing a little bit in a few years. And so it's yeah. in the next 10 years, would it have been a better move? Most likely is, it because you're also building that groundwork so the younger generation is also seeing and you're changing that perspective for the younger drinkers mm. coming into the market but you're going to take a big hit you take that big hit chances are you aren't keeping your job well and i'm thinking about the big hit. i mean so the boycott depending on who you believe has cost bud light anywhere from nothing uh to 80 percent of its sales I'm going to go with 17% because it's the number most often reported by most reputable news sources. So Brewbound came out with something, and I'm trying to see if I can find it. Um, on a related note, Coors is reported uh, to be up 17%, which is just way too convenient a number, but fuck it. We live in the dumbest dumbest times imaginable, so let's just say, yeah, Budweiser is down 17%, and, Bud, and Coors is up 17%. It really was that big of a seesaw. Um uh, and two, AB's defense, there's been bomb threats, 
on facilities. Events canceled due to concerns over staff safety. Uh, that service to remind us that right now taking a stand for your values, and particularly values that a certain segment of this country hates, and we all know what I'm talking about, uh, it can be legitimately dangerous right now. Legit, legit dangerous. Uh, it shouldn't be that way. It, right now it is. Um, it's got to be something a brewery keeps in mind. It sucks. Uh, being inclusive is uh, something that this industry could really use right now, and businesses shouldn't have to worry about having windows shot out or bomb threats. Um, but uh, uh, I mean, but it all it, it all kind of goes back to uh, where uh, uh, Bud Light kind of failed in this. Yeah. So Bud Light's off-prem volume sales declined. All right. So Bud Light off-prem sales dollar declined seventeen percent. Okay. Uh, the brand's volume dollar share of the premium beer segment declined about 6.7. Okay. So 6.7 overall. And it's probably... And given, and given... And that's dollar. Now, if you look at volume, it's about 21% in the off-prem. Uh, and a 6.5% volume. Um, and so I- dollar's a little steeper. But still a... 6.7% overall volume decline is not going to bankrupt Anheuser-Busch. No. Not even not even a little bit. And by the way, they got AB InBev money. It's not going to it's not it's it's a it's a oh, well that's a uh, that's annoying. Uh, and this is from Brewbound uh Justin Kendall, Jessica Infante, April 24th at 3:17 p.m. <laughs> um very up-to-date information. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but um, this is an open article for anyone to fucking read. <laughs> ah. uh, but I mean, I, 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 and, I all, and also that's, I think, heavily dependent on where you live, too. Um, I think places like you mentioned Alaska, here in Idaho. Because, Montana, given, given the nature, Wyoming. Of, given the nature of, of of this, yeah, it's heavily dependent on there. Are, I'm sure there are entire towns that are like, you know what? Although talking to one of the reps in Anchorage, he goes, I "Have a friend was at the K bar, there in town. Everyone had a Bud Light in their hand. I mean, and that's and there therein lies my point. I think it could have." The, the the mealy mouth like aw shucks we didn't mean to do that messaging, I mean at best it does at best it does nothing at worst the people who are like fuck yeah are it like, isolates you from both sides yeah and so <laughs> and now you're up shit creek and you have no paddle which is why which is why I did put together this uh uh this I put this together for my friends at uh, uh Anheuser Busch and ABMF it's a statement that is far far better. Than the one you put out. So Aaron, send this up the ladder. <laughs> uh, bel- belching into a microphone would have been better, but I digress. Um, it is a statement of values, I think, that uh, your company can get behind. Um, and you know what? It does piss everybody off equally. Um, so, But so did your statement. So, uh, But this has something a little extra. <clears throat> Hi, I'm, Brand- I'm Brendan Whitworth. And as the name suggests, I'm better than you. It's nothing I did. I was born this way. Rich! We, we have all the money, and I'm taking time out of my busy, busy, rich guy's day to inform you idiot uh, 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 bastards about something. <clears throat> First, we never intended this to be a discussion uh, that divides people, 
at least not in the way that keeps you from spending your your money. We love dividing people all the time. We own the media that pumps your this bullshit into your empty skulls so that you will continue to fight each other while we take literally everything that you you own. We own you. You work for us. You barely sentient consumer monkeys. Uh, and we could give a shit about your stupid culture war. It's adorable you think you have a culture. Your culture is what we tell you it is. Here's an example. Remember when you and all your douchebag friends would gather at the bar and chant dilly dilly with every beer? That was us. What's <laughs> up? That was us. We did that as a joke. We put dilly dilly in an ad to see how stupid we could make you all sound. And the only reason we went with dilly dilly is because ba ba was too on the nose. Uh, I care deeply about this company, our brand, and most importantly, the money it brings in. We are all working hard to, to pay off your senators and congressmen to make sure the only thing you have in your wretched life is a job you hate that pays you just enough to drown your sorrows in our barely alcoholic piss water. Go fuck yourself. Love, Brendan Whitworth. You make that's that's yours, AB, and you can take you can take that <laughs> royalty free. I do, I don't even want any credit. Please don't give me credit for that. <laughs> that's yours, and it is it is a better statement. And you know what? It puts your values front and center. Tyler, what do you got for us? <laughs> right, let's take a minute. Let's take a minute to decompress uh, and, uh, and enjoy um, the utopious barrel-aged worldwide. And this is a good time for all of you, having gotten through all that, to, uh, uh, to crack open the bottle that you have pulled out for yourself. Um, it's got a wonderfully, like, uh, caramely red wine. Very boozy. So, yep, seventeen point two percent. I was worried that you're gonna it was gonna be too uh, uh too boozy, but yeah. And you know what? Amaz Not overly boozy. Amazingly, at that level, I mean, it's there, but it's you not... almost get like a little sherry characteristic or like that cognac. I was also worried that at that ABV, you'd need like a shit ton of like multi sweetness to just back it up. It's not. It's no. Oh. It's a really nice drinking imperial stout, the kind that make you go, this is, uh, what's what's the ABV on this? Oh, fuck. Never mind. I'm not driving. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the worldwide stout. So, in Alaska, I also had a wake-up worldwide stout that had coffee in it uh, that was, like, 15 or 16% that we drank the night before we had to get on our flight to come home. Because uh, at first we thought our flight was at 11, and then we realized... We were looking at it in Boise time, uh, so it was like eight. Uh, so yeah, that was fun. Uh, but I was like, well, well, one of these bottles is going on the podcast with me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, I can now say I've checked a care or a full suitcase that you could not fit another beer in that weighed thirty six pounds. Every item in that suitcase was a uh, beer. So, yeah. Uh, you are both a gentleman and a scholar, sir, and a borderline alcoholic. Yep. Well, you know who isn't an alcoholic for Miller High Life? Um, I mean, a, a, a guy in Belgium, I think. Yep. Belgium's custom officials. <laughs> Uh, famously a party, uh, a, a group of party animals. So, the biggest issues I have, so this article from Decanter, there's, you can find it fucking anywhere, uh, destroyed 2,352 cans. 
Cans or cases? I read cases. Wow, that's even less. So I did some quick math. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure they're in 30 packs. Okay, let's say let's assume 30 racks. But it'd be 78.4 30 packs. Okay. So I was like, hmm. It's an odd palette size. So I did it as 24 packs. <laughs> I love the fact that you were like, what was the packaging? <laughs> that makes it 98. Most beer palettes, when it's 24 packs... Come out to a hundred even on the palate. So you're. So what are you accusing them of? Like a couple of people like grabbing a, a twenty-four rack off. The- I'm just saying. <laughs> whoever shipped it either left two cases and so purposely increased their shipping cost because you're. If you have two more cases on your shipping cost per case goes down, or. Customs took two cases to check the product. Uh, I'll let you decide. <laughs> Jacques, Belgium, uh, 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 Belgium uh, uh, customs people. Jacques. So, if you're like, why the fuck did customs seize that? Like, beer gets shipped internationally all the time. You're correct. But champagne is protected is a protected denomination of origin in the European Union, like Parmigiano Regaggio. Club- I can't fucking pronounce that olive oil. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but there are certain names you can't use in the European also, Union. Also, uh, Cumberland Sausage. Also, Bordeaux. Um, yeah. Uh, so, Belgian custom officials saw a pallet coming through. Uh and they determined Miller High Life century-old motto that represents an infringement on the PDO. So they ruled they were illicit and counterfeit goods. And being counterfeit, by law, have to destroy them. So the plant in Ypres, uh Ypres. Ypres? Ypres. Ypres. Thank you, Jeremy. <laughs> I I'm I I know World War One, <laughs> major battle there. <laughs> uh, I know it's weird looking, but that's the one. That's one I know. That's that's uh, 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 that's the one I know pronunciation of. <laughs> so, uh, destroyed the batch and basically sent out a warning to the world that the champagne champagne brand is not to be fucked with. <laughs> uh, well, that's and that's why Miller High Life is not distributed in the European Union. Correct. Uh, I was gonna say. Which is hilarious because Molson Coors acknowledged they don't distribute over there uh, because they don't want to fuck with that. And they don't export the Miller High Life to the EU because of the consequences. Uh, Belgian officials would not reveal who exported the cans to Antwerp. but said the buyer was informed and did not contest the decision. So, I, so we're looking at here. I mean, because it's not a it's not a direct sale from Molson Coors, or probably not. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't through a reputable distributor. It was, or it was through a third party distributor who thought they could sneak it by, and or an importer, and. They thought they could sneak a buy to the buyer. The buyer wanted it in, and it wouldn't 
It got picked up in customs, destroyed. Molson Coors came out with a statement uh, that insisted they respect the local traditions regarding the word champagne, but we remain proud of Miller High Life, its nickname, and its Milwaukee, Wisconsin provenance. Uh, we invite our friends in Europe to the U.S. anytime to toast the high life together. <laughs> of course they did. The ca- the cases were already fucking sold. They were paid for before they got shipped, so they don't give a fuck if it got destroyed or went down someone's gullet. <laughs> but also, like, the whole thing, uh, the MD of the committee champagne... Uh, congratulated Belgium Customs officials on their vigilant with regard to champagne designation and their responsiveness. Oh my god, how French is this? <laughs> and I'm like, god damn, like... And, sh- and, like, proceeds to talk about how American, like, American champagnes help cause the, like, American bottles labeled as champagne help cause the confusion. That's why they need to enforce it stronger. And, like... I'm like, oh my god, these pompous fucks, like, it's clearly in a can. You can tell it's not champagne. The champagne of beers. Well, but, I mean, I mean that's, and that's the, uh, I mean, that's where a lot of uh, uh, the, the rhetoric from Brexit came from, is because the, the EU uh, guidelines about import, export, everything else are famously like stringent and directorian yeah and so i mean even to i think there was like i was reading a whole thing about the uh, about the exact specifications for acceptable aubergines eggplants to people in this country um <laughs> there's a like a document which uh, uh detailing the color the the size the weight all of which are acceptable and which are and which are not for uh, to be imported into the european union and so, I mean, this is this this isn't a, an outlier. This is very on brand, where it says no champagne. And again, the mo- the Frenchiest things, Frenchiest thing I ever heard of. Yep. Well, sad day for beer lovers of the champagne of beer, but um, kind of funny seeing a video of basically three thousand cans just being crushed by a fucking crusher. Uh, Jeremy, what do we got next? Robots are coming for your beer news now. Oh, shit. Hold on. Wait. I misread that. Hold on. Making. Robots are making your beer news now. Uh, This comes from fizz.org by... uh, uh, By, and then I forgot to write the uh, person who uh, wrote it. Because I think it was... uh, I think it was a... uh, a, Robot? I think it was a robot. I think... Knew it. Yep. Um, Tyler, what's the worst part about making beer? The finding the fucking six hours on the brew day... The couple hours on the transfer day to secondary, the couple hours of transferring to the finishing tank to so, carbonate. So basically, the time you have, the fact that you have to brew the beer. Yeah, that's your thing. It's like, yeah, the worst part about brewing beer is everything. Everything. Oh, oh I have, and then the cleaning that happens outside of the actual you're just, process. You're just still pissed. The last time you brewed beer, you ended up with a with a brilliant copper cleaner. Now, at least I didn't dump a full fucking keg of Vienna Lager out <laughs> in my garage floor. Uh, the answer, if you're the, the correct answer, was fermentation because you uh, uh, because after you're done, you have to pitch yeast and wait weeks, weeks 
before you finally get no, to taste it. No, that's my favorite part because that is the one part where it's overkill is underrated. <laughs> if you overpitch, nothing can go wrong. Because And also because you don't have to do shit. <laughs> yeah, like... I have lived most of my life overkill is underrated. Yeah, that and is... like fermentation is like the one thing where it's like, yeah, one pack's good, three, two packs better, three pack, you're not gonna hurt anything. You're just wasting money. Fuck, you want to go four pack? Fuck it up, man. <laughs> uh, fermentation, the quasi magical process that changes sugary, bitter, awful wort into the nectar of the gods. But uh, first. You gotta add yeast, then you gotta wait and hope and wait, and hope some more, and then wait a little bit more and and hope that what comes out is not uh, is kind of what you want and not a diastole-ridden, fruity in the wrong way green apple candy flavor swill. I mean, if you overpitch and have it at the right temperature, you don't know if it fucking work about that. Listen, and it clears up the diastole faster, but I mean that's just me. Uh, listen, I I I I I I I'm in the homebrew community, and there's. There are things. There are things. <laughs> um, if only there was a way to give those little yeast cell a little yeast cells a boost. Like maybe put them all in their little miniature submarines. Well, now there is. Uh, Martin Pumera and his team published oh this God. week in ACS Nano a new process to help the whole process along, and involves putting the yeast in tiny little robots. No. Yes. No. They're they named. This just sounds like a way to make homebrewing more expensive. They are named beer bots, and here's how they work. They are about two millimeter wide. They are made out of iron oxide nanoparticles, active yeast, and sodium alginate, which is a seaweed derivative. They use a complicated process to make one side of these like little these like little pellets uh, porous. And so basically, what you have you can imagine is these little like little pill sub little yeast submarines and here's how they work um these little yeast iron beads uh ferment sugar and produce co2 which drives them up when they get there they release the gas and they drop back down much like kind of how a submarine works um and then up and down and up and down and that process basically keeps these little machines moving all by themselves um you can stop looking at me with hate this is just science motherfucker uh initial tests confirmed that the added agitation does ferment sugar where is the fucking art (laughs) the the initial test confirmed that the added agitation does ferment the sugar faster than old from old-fashioned free-floating yeast cells although the article nor anything i could find i was i did not actually pay for the goddamned uh uh um what about a co2 rousing during fermentation i did not pay for the journal article um but but to your the problem with that tyler uh, to your to your problem is that it's something that you would have to do. This happens by itself. This is something that you are left out of, and so by your own definition, better. Okay, what about if I said on a stir plate with a fucking little magnetic stirrer going at the bottom? Of Cheaper your, fix of your of your of your uh, uh, of a what a one barrel fermenter? Sure, that's a hell of a stir plate, man. <laughs> that's gonna. That, people, people's TVs are going to be on the fritz when you fire that motherfucker up. <laughs> um, going to have to have a radiation suit to check fucking gravity but, levels. But do they do this? The, bot, the bots come with an added bonus. Because 
Like regular ye- regular yeast, when the jo- when the, all the work is done, they sink to the bottom, having already created and released all the CO2 that kept them buoyant. But since they are also made out of iron oxide, they can be removed with a magnet. Uh, no filtering, no haze, no problem. Just pull the little bastards out, and you're ready to get to you work. You know up. what I imagine? What's that? Some metallic off-flavor motherfucking beer. <laughs> Didn't mention the taste of the beer that came out. the the picture, the picture on Psy.org, which may be the which may be the uh, uh, the the uh, uh, the picture for this episode. If it's not some some snarky thing about Bud Light that I can find, either way, if I find the picture, I'll put it on our Instagram. It shows a it shows a Erlenmeyer flask with what looks like these little black blobs like floating around. So they're only doing this with like maybe two hundred mil, two thousand milliliters or so. That I can see. Um, it mentions that the bots are good for three rotations, which is not good, uh, not as good as the upward of ten rotations you get from regular yeast. But you got to build a Model T before you get a Lamborghini. That's all I'm saying. And uh, flash forward ten years, we're all going to be making making no, beer with because robots. because all of a sudden metallic off flavor is going to be the most fucking common off flavor, and, and we, all beer is going to go to shit. And we just call it a metal IPA. Metal. I'm out. And that's what killed the podcast. <laughs> if someone produces a metal IPA, I'm quitting the beer industry. <laughs> metal! Tyler, do you have anything else for us today? Yes, uh, one quick one. Uh, a s- Dutch soccer player decided to thank all his fans and supporters by getting them a beer with his contract extension. So, um, the Dutch player for PEC Zwolle, uh, Brom van Polen. It's, it's been a, let me just say, it's been a pleasure watching you try to pronounce European words this, this episode. <laughs> yeah. No, it's been rough. That's, you're really stretching your Northern Idaho in, <laughs> education right there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Not that I, I mean I, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I was gonna say, would you like my, to say let's we don't need to go through my track record of this. <laughs> no, Ypres as good as I can get. <laughs> I was gonna say uh, there's been times uh, where I make fun of you, so it was I knew it was gonna be karma. <laughs> um, so he had put in his contract extension uh, for the team's game against Telstar uh, that. Fans can exchange a special token for a drink at the stadium. So every season ticket holder, volunteer, and sponsor gets a free beer or non-alcoholic drink on the club's dime. Um, He sent a handwritten note to fans that said, So this is the right time to have something put in my contract, which I can say thank you all. Uh, thank you for the unconditional support I have always felt in good times, but certainly also in bad times. I'm going to have a beer and I'm going to give a beer to the whole stadium. Certainly not to celebrate that I will continue as a footballer for another year, but to thank you for the unconditional support. He's the longest running player of the Dutch team, first signing with the team in 2007. And basically, just a... Fun way to thank the fans and 
I mean, Give away a free beer. That's, that's genu- genuinely touching. I mean, usually uh, I, I can't speak for um, uh, Dutch football uh, footballers, but um, the, the uh, 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 fandom is not unconditional. It's definitely it has conditions. Oh, now and I'm like, if he's wavered in like his ability, they've probably been brutal. So the fact that he's like, you know what, you guys still deserve a beer. I'm like. I'd have mad respect for any professional athlete that was like, if you come to this game, you get a free beer. Thank you for always being there. I'd be like, fuck, give me a ticket. Um, I've heard, I am not a sports fan, as may surprise people who've listened to this podcast for a while. Um, I know you look at me, you go, oh, that man, that's that that is an athletic motherfucker. Um, but I've I, I've heard them I've heard them talk, and that that shit's <clears throat> that shit's conditional. <laughs> when, very conditional when you, i mean there there are those um there are those who uh who have a team and they will support them no matter what uh but there are also uh more of them who finally become uh, suddenly become fans and me the 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 minute that team starts winning me personally um i'm the opposite i am a i, I am a um i am a shitty weather a shitty weather fan uh, my football team is the Cleveland Browns, and will remain so so long as they. So you support a sexual harasser and a. Uh... No, because I don't actually watch football. Okay, well, their quarterback uh, sexually like harassed and assaulted like twenty-seven massage therapists. Okay, it's it's professional football. They all do that. You pick it. You pick a team. <laughs> Not that wide. You know what? That actually makes me su- su- support the, the Cleveland Browns even more because that makes them a shittier team. And the whole point is being a, a fan of shitty, shitty and teams. And they gave him a fully guaranteed contract, and he is dog shit. Okay. See? See? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> shitty team, shitty quarterback who does awful things. My team. <laughs> so Jeremy's along with James Waugh. <laughs> I'm also... Uh, I, I also support the rooftop fetishist community. Okay, they they for too long, for too long they've been they, they have been forced to hide. Well, actually not. They they're probably out on roofs all the time, which is part of the problem. But um, but the rooftop fetishist community deserves respect and a voice. No. Please don't take this out of context. <laughs> this has been it's all beer. Uh, if you want to uh, send us an email and tell uh, tell me uh, and Tyler where we got everything uh, wrong for all of this, you can send it to it's all beer at gmail.com. Uh, I don't do much on I I, I, I was posting posting our stories for a while. The 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 engagement fell to zero. I haven't done much. I haven't decided if I want to stay on Twitter or not for the for the moment. Uh, it, it's all beer one. Um, uh, uh, Instagram, Facebook, I still do stuff on there. Um, you can find us at It's All Beer. Uh, and you can, uh, of course, uh, on, on on podcast things that, uh, that have left my mind. That's a good beer. That is a really good beer <laughs> on iTunes, Stitcher. <laughs> Wherever you get your podcast, you can probably leave us a rating and you can uh, <laughs> pinpoint the exact moment. When the tw- what the what twenty seven percent seventeen seventeen percent hit and I forgot what the fuck I was doing. Jeremy <laughs> just did a hard reset there. <laughs> and that'll be quite enough from us. I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmerman. I'm gonna have a beer. Have fun. Do you need one? Yeah.